Welcome to All or Nothing in Real Estate, an exclusive real estate platform created to take your real estate career to the next level. My name is Matt Smith and I run the number 15 real estate team in the nation. For years, I've had mentors and colleagues pour into me and now it's my turn to give back. This is not your typical real estate podcast. I work in the trenches every single day and I'm offering you real advice. No bullshit, no fluff, no theories, these are proven processes that will take you to the next level, no matter where you are in your business. My team was also featured as an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in the nation. And I'm also a real estate coach through Cheplak Select Coaching as just another way for me to give back. So I have just one question. Are you ready to give it your all or nothing? Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. Today, we have a very special guest, actually our very first coach for Matt Smith Real Estate Group that helped us get off the ground as an idea to one of the highest producing teams in the nation. We have Coach Laura Combrink with us. Laura, welcome. Thank you, Matt. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's crazy to think back, looking back years ago, whenever the team was an infant and we hired you as our first coach and to look back to see what you've helped us build and to where we are today. Um, and we'll dive into that a little bit later. But um, guys, when I say she was our very first real estate coach that helped us get off the ground, that's what I truly mean. It was, uh, we had nothing but a couple of ideas and she really helped us expand those ideas and also put some weight behind them so that we can actually accomplish things other than just have theory, right? And so um, we'll dive into that a little bit later. But um, Laura, I want to talk a little bit about you. So you've been in real estate for about 16 years. Is that correct? Yep. Uh, 2006 is when I started um, getting in, involved with the real estate. Yes. Yeah. And so you've been, you've basically been a, you've been a coach for several of those years. I know that mm -hmm. you had um, experience as an agent. You ran a brokerage of about 150 agents in Florida. Um, mm -hmm. You've coached thousands of agents across the country, helping lots of them double their production. Um, you've got a very, very extensive resume of helping people in this industry. And that's one of the things that really sticks out to me and why, why we hired you as our coach is when we had our conversation, there's a, there's a lot of ego in real estate. Mm -hmm. What I found out about Laura is Laura is real and she truly genuinely cares and wants to help people versus just, hey, follow my agenda and I'm going to bulldoze this conversation as your coach. Um, she actually listens and cares and dives in and helps you with your business. And so, um, Laura, let's talk a little bit about your career. So what, um, what got you into real estate? That's, I got into real estate by accident. <laughs> I used to be an EMT and uh, injured my back, couldn't do it anymore. Um, was looking for another direction in life. Um, I knew always I want to help people. That's just what motivates me. I uh, ended up getting a job at um, a real estate tech company that did way back in the day call capture um, where, you know, you put the ad out with phone number there's a recording and it captures the leads number um that evolved into me actually um that's kind of where i got started coaching too because um our clients needed help on the business side they didn't know how to use this new technology this new tool they didn't know all the different ways they could do it so got involved a little bit there um knew that i wanted to be a real estate coach had come across um corcoran consulting and coaching uh, but didn't have a license, didn't have experience. So I set my mind to it. I want to coach. What do I have to do to get there? 
So I went through the school of hard knocks, <laughs> um, started in real estate, fell in love with that, and then uh, got involved in the coaching side and have done both <laughs> ever since. <laughs> yeah. So on that, I remember part of what um, some of our discussions, um, because you and I became great friends um, uh, with me and my wife, and, and it, you were literally a part of our family um, and still are. And so it's, it's crazy to think that whenever I wrote this down is that you wanted to get into real estate so you could help people. You wanted to get in coaching so you could help people. And mm -hmm. Um, I, I had never heard that before um, you and I started coaching together and that's still to this day, that's still why I do what I do. And so I think that you had a, um, a big influence on, on me getting into creating this podcast and now me being a coach, coaching my team and, and just helping more people because of right influence like you. So um, I can't thank, thank you enough you. for that. Thank you. Thank you. It's funny. I think I create more coaches <laughs> than realtors. Because a lot of my coaching clients have moved on into coaching and it makes me so proud. So proud. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's crazy the 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 feeling that you get when you're you're actually able to help people. And I think that's it's, that's what it's happens. Addictive. Yes, it is exactly. And it's it's one of those things that from what I know about you is why people that you coach with do that is because you help them so much that they they feel it obligated to help more people. Cause I know I did. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> There's no crying in real estate. Everybody knows that. Ah, uh, yeah, there is. <laughs> there is, if you care. <laughs> true, true. All right, so um, so let's let's switch gears here for a minute. So let's talk about let's talk about some let's give some value to the people. Um, let's give some okay. value. What what are some what are some tools, real estate tips? If they're a real estate agent listening right now, what are some tips that you could give them to maybe create some leverage in their business? Okay, that's what I wanted to talk about today was leverage, especially in the market we're in right now. Um, a lot of people are in markets where they're looking, they're fielding 20, 30, 40, 50 or more offers on a listing um, where you gotta be able to show a home as quickly as possible or it's gonna be gone within hours. So if you're a standalone agent alone by yourself, leverage is so important. You are wearing so many hats, right? You're the, you're the marketing director, you're the administrative assistant, you're the realtor, you're the transaction coordinator, you're all of those things. And it's easy to get burnout and it's easy to neglect the people that are important in your life. And it's easy to lose transactions um, because you're just so overwhelmed and disorganized. <clears throat> if you have a team, leverage is gonna be important for you. You want, your, you want to maximize your agent's ability to get out there, be in front of clients, do what they got into real estate to do. And a lot of agents, individuals and teams aren't aware of the tools they already have. So first thing, if you don't have a CRM, get a CRM. And um, if you need to start small, there are a lot of great ones out there. <clears throat> Why do you need a CRM, Matt? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so we need a CRM? so I was I'm, I was getting ready to interrupt. I didn't know where you're going with that. So it's um, a CRM is there are thousands, probably tens of thousands of options, and most real estate agents fall into the trap of I want the next shiny object. Mm -hmm. And so my advice to you guys is the best CRM is the one that you use. 
if it doesn't do you any good if you don't use it and you don't maximize what that CRM allows. Now, if you have that one perfected and you see something else that could help grow your business, sure, always look into that. Our team right now is in the transitioning to a new CRM ourselves. However, we haven't done that in years and years and years because we didn't outgrow our current CRM until then. We didn't have it mastered. And so don't do what I've done in the past. Learn from my mistakes is I've, I've went through eight or nine different CRMs in my career. I've only been in the business since 2013, so eight years. So that's like one CRM a year. Don't do that because you lose your momentum. <laughs> no. And so find one um, and make sure that you maximize that because it is the lifeblood of your business. Your database equals how many people you can help. And if you can't nurture that database, follow up with it properly, then you're not doing real estate the right way. You're doing it on accident instead of on purpose. You brought up a point that I want to bounce off of, Matt, and that shiny objects, especially newer agents or agents who, who like to follow a lot of other agents, we want to know what tools they're using. And if there, there's no reason to make a change in your business unless you have a hole, okay? Buying this tech and that tech and this is, an, is only going to overwhelm you more. And it may not be solving the problem you're trying to solve. So a lot of this is going to be based around what is the problem you're having right now? Don't just go out and start buying tech, okay? For those of you who are so new that you don't even have a CRM, or maybe you've operated your business, and believe it or not, there are a lot of agents, Matt, that don't have CRMs at all. They operate out of their cell phones. They operate off sticky notes, out of their calendar, paper calendars. Excel spreadsheets. CR... Yes, spreadsheets. Your CRM is the heart and soul of your business. This is where all of the information is going to live about a client. This is going to help you with stay in touch with past clients, stay in touch with current clients, stay in touch with new leads if you're, if you're doing lead gen. And this is the place where you can organize and structure your workday. Real estate is a business. You're running a business. You, you would not go to a doctor who didn't have a database and couldn't keep track of your last visit. You need to have a CRM. And it doesn't have to be big and expensive, but at the very base level, it needs to help you organize, it needs to help you track, and it needs to help you stay in front of the people that you need to stay in front of in a timely manner. So first step of leverage, get a CRM. Yes, 100%. And, and you brought up another point too. And so it's and I think we can pivot off of this to talk into leverage as to how do we stay in front of people with tools, um, I think where we can mm. go next, but you brought up yes. something um, that you said a lot of people will reach out, newer agents especially, and say, well, what tools are you using? Um, I, you know me, and my heart is in this to help people. And so I have people reach out all the time, multiple people a day that um, I talk to and help them through their problems or struggles. And the biggest question I get is what, what lead generation, what lead sources are working for you right now? Or what tools have, are you using? And okay. that drives me nuts because I'm not in your market, people. Like it's that you are, you are chasing the shiny object. There is no magic lead source. That's going to propel your business to the next level. It's not, that's not how this works. And so you're asking the wrong questions to get to where you want to go. And so um, it's, if you are a real estate agent and you think, well, I just need to find that, that magic bullet or that, that shiny object that's going to take my business to the next level. It, it doesn't exist. Yes, technology is great, and it's there to be an, an, an assistant to your well, business. It's helped to help you level up, but it won't do the work for you. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about Legion. And um, 
And here's what I'm going to tell you guys. Some of y'all are bouncing around from this lead gen source to that lead gen source. And the thing I hear all the time is those are bad leads. <laughs> In my world, there's no such thing as a bad lead. There's bad follow-up, bad systems. Okay. So I personally have landed on um, a company called Wailopo. They do more than just lead gen for me, um, but they do my lead gen. Uh, there's a second company that I use for old leads. They're 120 days old and they cost me pennies. <laughs> and I plug them into my Wailopo system and bring them back to life. And that company is called Kazoo. That's it. I don't do Zillow. I don't do Realtor.com. I don't do OpCity. Now, I do generate Google PPC leads. I do generate Google LSA, which is the local service ads. I generate Facebook leads, um, but they're, they're all internet sources and I understand the life cycle of a lead. So before you start deciding to ditch your current lead source, get a new lead source, I want you to really think about how you're managing your leads. As I said, there's no such thing as a bad lead. These are people. And if you've got a great marketing, digital marketing system, you're going to catch these people early. And you want to catch these people early. Now my system remarkets and keeps them coming back to my website. There's a reason why I don't go to third parties. They're not marketing me. They're not building my brand. I want my, whoever engages with my system, I want to keep them coming back. And that's okay. They're going to go through their phases. The average lifespan of an internet lead is 18 months, but they will have come to know and trust my brand and my team for when they are ready. And our systems are set up to catch that behavior. 100%. Did that answer it, your question? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, no. So the, I was writing down notes the whole time. And so there's so much to piggyback off of there is that, and one of the biggest things I want to, people to realize is however you are doing. So here, everybody runs their business different. There is no two teams, no two coaches, no two agents that run their business identical. Everybody does it different. And here's the cool thing. Everybody's right. You know why? Because what works for them works for them. And so you just, here's one of the things that I've learned in this business is I'm a sponge. And so I learn from everybody. And so I take great ideas that I hear from coach Laura, from other team leaders, from any, anywhere. And I, I apply them to my business, but I put my twist on it on what I think will work for my market. Right. And so um, like coach Laura was just saying is that marketing and branding are two different things. She didn't say that specifically, but that's what she said is that when you are, when you are strictly doing your marketing based on return on investment, you are not building a brand. You are paying somebody for a lead opportunity. And so what Stay she does, and, yep, what she does and what, what <laughs> we do as a team is we combine the two. And so we do have outsource, we do um, use outsource leads um, in addition to everything that Laura just mentioned. Um, but our team is growing like crazy. We have, um, Laura, I don't even know if you know this, we have, uh, we have 38 agents that have applied to join us this year. Um, so we, we are growing like crazy. And so because of that, I want to provide opportunities for our agents as we continue to grow. And so I've told this time and time again, is that if I was able to create enough opportunity without third-party lead sources, we would do it all day long because you get the lead sources and the branding. But when we're in hyper growth mode, I need to supplement that to give them opportunities. Well, yeah. But we also take those tools that you mentioned and those people that come into us from the third-party sources, 
we remarket to them to our site. So now we Pull grab them, them from that portal <laughs> and put them in ours. Um, Tuck yeah. them into our black hole and keep them there. hundred percent. And so she also pointed out too, that it's, there's no such thing as a bad lead. I agree with that, but I want to add to that is there are no such thing as bad leads, but there are better leads. And so what I mean oh, yeah. by that is that, yeah. And so what I mean by that is that there, every lead that comes into your ecosystem, they have clicked a button. They have asked a question. They have raised their hand to become into your ecosystem. And so just because you call them and they say, oh, I'm just looking. That doesn't mean it's a bad lead. That means you have a terrible skill set as an agent and you need to talk to coach Laura so she can help you through that. Because <laughs> how many times everybody folks, says they're just looking. <laughs> yes. How many times have you guys walked into a shoe store as an example, the old shoe store analogy? I don't even think they still exist, but when they did, you walk into a shoe store knowing for a fact you're going to buy a pair of shoes. That's why you walked into the door. The salesperson, the clerk, whatever you want to call them says, Hey, how can I help you? What do you say? No, I'm, I'm just, just looking. looking. You know exactly you went in there to buy a pair of shoes. They're in your shoe store, people. You got marketing did its job by getting them in your store. Now it's your job as a salesperson to develop a follow-up strategy and have the right language and the right conversation with these people to help them get to the next step of the process. Maybe they are just looking, but maybe you pivot to why are they looking and how can you provide value to them and help them and their family? And how is I'm just looking an objection? <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's an opening to open the conversation and actually it's a great way to learn more about what they need but that's another call for another day <laughs> yes 100 percent. we can talk about that all day all right uh i'm thinking since we're talking about leads and um leveraging <laughs> uh how many of you are actually able to prospect on a daily basis number one if you're able Number two, how many of you actually stick to it? <laughs> and, um, and what happens when you get three or four people under contract? What do you stop doing? Prospecting. And you talked about, you know, when someone comes into our ecosystem, my online store, my online shop, um, how many people are we not even greeting when they come into our system? Much less- Or greeting up with. the wrong way. Imagine exactly. if you and I owned a shoe store. We'd be the best shoe store in the country because we know how to greet people properly when they come to our mm -hmm. store. So, it, it, and it's normal, it, it, especially if you've got a very robust system that's remarketing, that's uh, triggering a lot of activity, a lot of alerts, and it can be overwhelming. And remember I said fixing holes, right? I found that even the best agents will not consistently be able to greet and contact and reach out to every single person that comes into our store. So that was a hole. And I felt like business was slipping out of our hands. So how do I fix that hole? There's a couple of systems, actually, two, three. I think I have four systems to make sure we are greeting and talking to and reaching out to every single person. So I can either beat my head and scream and yell at my agents, why didn't you prospect today? And by the way, they still have to prospect, but we'll get into that in a moment. Their prospecting is much more rewarding the way that I have my system set up. Um, I had to fix the hole. So number one, I wanna see what's in the system I already have. In the system that I already have, I have an AI technology that does AI texting. Um, it starts to engage our leads 
and she's amazing. This AI is amazing. Oh, my wife just died and she responds appropriately. Oh, so sorry to hear that. But she reaches out to every single one of our leads who comes in new and anytime they do something significant, save a property, look at a property more than once, come back after they've been gone for a while. She even proactively reaches out to our leads by text who haven't have been gone for a little while to spark them. She sends them uh, listings that match their search criteria. So that was my first fix. <clears throat> but it takes a human being to actually pick up off of that conversation and make the call. So there was the second hole. We were missing a lot of those opportunities. So then I put in a system. I use uh, Agent Legend. Some people use Call Action. Those are two companies that I know that do this. But it'll do a voicemail, text, and email drop. And I can... I've got it integrated with my CRM. I use follow-up boss. So when a lead does a certain behavior, it triggers that uh, outbound voicemail drop with a text message, an email, and it's a campaign. And so depending on what kind of leads I have and where they are, if they're 120 days old, we're doing a soft approach using that system. Uh, if they ask to go see a property, I want that message going out to them right away that someone's going to be calling them so they don't call another realtor and so on and so forth. So you, you can set up these campaigns that are triggered off a of lead behavior. How much time does that save? It's not manual. I don't have to dig through my database of 15,000 leads and try to find, um, you know, who's, who's ready to talk. So it's triggered off of lead behavior. That was great too, but you still have to pick up the phone and call them when they respond. And then thirdly, I've brought in a call center and their job is to call every new lead that comes into our system within five minutes and call every significant behavior within five minutes. When they get someone on the phone, they live transfer to my team, everyone's phone rings and whoever picks it up gets that call. They also take our, do you guys know what Google LSA is? Yes. Okay. They, if you don't answer those calls, Google drops you. <laughs> so deed every 100% of those calls they answered. I have those routed to the call center and then it gets distributed out to our agents. So you'll see as I'm talking about leverage, I manage the team. I am not actively in the field anymore. So what I do is manage the systems, manage the leads, coach and train my team. Instead of me manually going through all of these leads, I set up these automations so that when a lead does something, it triggers an action plan and it involves whatever agents need to be involved. And um, our, all of our leads, we have a 100% response rate because of the way I've got those systems set up. Um, but, but I'm telling you this is as you're going through, when we talk about leverage, look at what's falling through the cracks and instead of beating yourself up, there are solutions and probably most of those solutions already exist within your CRM. So go there first, go to your CRM first and then work your way out from there. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's, that's something I re actually written, wrote a note down here on is that one of the things we've pivoted to over the last couple of years is instead of agents just prospecting the prospect, right? It, and, and again, if you're listening to this, learn from my mistakes, right? It's agents don't get, why do agents become agents? They don't become agents so that they can hammer the phones all day. 
they they get to become agents because they want to meet and greet people. They want to go see beautiful homes. They want to help people buy or sell real estate. And they don't want to sit and call people for three, four hours a day, especially people that don't want to talk to them. And so, yes, prospecting is important. But again, going back to no lead is a bad lead. If you have these systems like she's talking about um, and you can take them and the agents are now focusing on hand raisers, focusing on people that have responded, that have saved a property, that are actually ready to be live transferred or, or any of those things. Now agents get to do more of what they became an agent to do. And so um, it really, really it really makes well, a huge and we've difference. even set up our system. We've taken the next step because I don't now they're only calling people, like you said, Matt, that are engaging with the AI, engaging with the, the voicemail drops or engaging with um, our uh, call center. And so what we have done is we have created it within follow up boss. They call them smart lists. So instead of my agents worrying about, oh, I have to got 10 new leads. I need to call those. We're only operating off of people who have actually shown a behavior or a communication that says, I need a call. And that has been so much more productive for my agents. And they actually enjoy now doing what we call prospecting because they're not weeding through. What I have done is taken a metal detector and said, the gold is here. This is where it is. You still might have to move a little dirt, but it's here. That's a great analogy. And, I love it. Yeah. And so uh, with the systems that we have, we're filtering through the long-term nurture is being taken care of. Uh, the remarketing is keeping them coming back. And then our system alerts. I mean, they, my agents know who to call and why they're calling them. I love it. So um, I think we missed this in the intro. Um, so tell us a little bit about your current structure of your, your current real estate team. Cause you, you are a coach, you've been in real estate forever, but you currently are operating a very productive real estate team. So break that down for us. How does that look like? Well, we've hit a huge bump in the road, but we'll overcome it. Um, <laughs> let's see. I started the team in March. It's not even in my, where I live. It's two or three hours away from where I live, maybe more than that. Um, and we started in March and I think last year we closed, I have to go back and look, but I think it's close to 50. And that's with two agents really that were active. Um, the one agent that I first brought on, she was with me, I guess technically I started it last October, a year ago in October. Um, she sold a tremendous number of, she's, she's well over 50, I think since we first got together. So she's, She's done really, really well with the systems. And I just, like I said, every time I find a hole, I layer something in. So we've had a little bit of a setback, but again, we're going to plow through. Uh, production's not where I want it to be at the moment, but we'll get there. It's yeah. a new team, brand yeah. new, in a, in a cold market area. <laughs> and, um, and it's funny to see, um, I've got a list of phone calls from other brokers coming. They want to talk with me about what I'm doing in my own market area. So we've made a splash in less than nine months, which is yeah, pretty cool. That's awesome. That's good to hear. And so this stuff works, especially, I mean, if you, you're you doing that in a, in a market that's two or three hours away from you. Um, and if I remember correctly, your agents were brand new agents when they came to you. Yeah, so you're doing a brand new market, you're two, three hours away and brand new agents um, that are kind of leading the charge in the field, so to speak. One of them had about four years under her belt, but the others were, yeah, gotcha. new. <laughs> awesome. So um, the continuing on leverage. So um, just so mm -hmm. the audience knows is that um, we currently are set up very similar. Um, it's funny that um, Laura and I haven't even had this conversation, but as I was writing down 
the keys to how that works. We, we do it very, very similar. Um, the only difference is instead of the call center, we brought that in-house. Um, we tried to take that out of, out of house. And number one, I think the agents didn't, weren't ready for it. Um, so partially that was, that was on me for not preparing them properly for how that transition works. Um, I have great people that want to make sure the agent, the clients get taken care of and they kind of tend to grab a hold of them and say, Oh, I don't want anybody else talking to them. Um, and it comes from a great yep. place because they want to make sure the, the clients get taken care of. So um, part that was part of the problem. And secondly, I just realized that if we brought it in house, I had more control over what they said, how mm -hmm. they said it, um, et cetera. And so we, we've brought that in house now, but we use um, we use all the stuff that she mentioned to instead of agents coming in and feeling like they are cold calling and dreading picking up the phone. Now they are picking up the phone and calling people, whether it's a lot or, or their phone's ringing. Um, we create a lot of that too. As mm -hmm. an agent, when your phone rings, if you answer it, you know, you don't have to hope that they answer, right? You're talking to somebody that wants to talk to you. And so we've created different systems similar to that. So the agents are having more conversations. Prospecting isn't about the number of dials. I don't remember the last real estate agent that got paid for making a phone call. Do you? <laughs> but too many team leaders are focused on how many dials did you make? How many people did you actually talk to? How many meaningful conversations did you have? Because that's what moves the needle. And what right. Coach Laura and I am talking about is that these different systems help your agents get less burnout, have more productive conversations, which means they can pro provide more value to more people. Yep, exactly. And I am also talking about leverage. This is more for team leads, I think, or lead managers. <clears throat> um, I go through and look at what's going on in my database. And what I use is a pawn system. I don't do round robin. Um, everything goes into a pond. That way I don't get mad at you if you're busy and can't call the leads that have been assigned to you. <laughs> um, and it sounds like you've had some experience with that before. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. I try not to create a scenario where I know I'm going to get upset or I'm going to lose money. <laughs> so if I can avoid it, <laughs> I find a way to work around it. Uh, oh, but I lost my train. Oh, but I, I go in and if there's, I look for missed opportunities, hey, call this person and I'll, I'll nudge my agents. We're test driving a system now. Um, it, I am not allowed to name it or talk about it, but it's an algorithm that goes in and into your CRM and it looks at your closed leads, the people you've closed transactions with. And it looks for what behaviors they did, so on and so forth. Uh, and then it takes that algorithm and runs it through your current leads and their behavior. And every morning I log into that system and it says, you need to call these eight people. You need to have your agents call these five people. And it's based on rules, which I've set up based on specific lead behaviors. And now with a push of a button, nudge, it notifies every single agent, whoever the lead is assigned to, or if it's in the pond, the, the pond agents that this lead is behaving in a way you need to call them today. And so every morning it used to take me, I'd spend probably an hour going through the database, looking for the best people, putting them in front of my agents. Hey, call them, hey, call them. It takes me less than 30 seconds to shoot the nudges out now. And what I've been doing is going in and looking, are these leads that I would have nudged my agents on had I looked at them? And the answer has been yes. It's the same exact behaviors that I'm looking for. And it's finding more than I would have found manually doing it. So that's another, uh, when you're a team lead, you're trying to, to manage a lot of moving parts. 
And a lot of team leads don't go into their databases and try to see what we're missing and, and how to, and nudging their agents. The thing I like about the nudge is it's training my agents to see what I see. Um, so they know what to look for when they go in. And a lot of my agents create their own smart lists based off of what they're seeing and learning from the nudges that I'm giving them. Now that's automated for me. And uh, it takes me less than three minutes. That saves me an hour a day. I don't know how many hours is that? 365 hours in a year. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of time to get back. And so that was another hole in the system that um, technology could help. Um, technology is there. I think a when I see agents implement new systems, let's talk about this for a moment. Sometimes we hear what we want to hear. <laughs> and I think people are hearing, sometimes agents hear, this is going to help me sell more real estate, thinking that the technology is going to convert a lead for them. I need to help people to remember, go back to the basics. My new agents, you're hearing about all this stuff we're talking about, and you're like, I can't afford all that. It's always the basics. And the basics are, it's the interaction between you and the customer. There's nothing in the world that can replace that. Your ISA or call center can't replace you. Your AI technology can't replace you. All of these things, these systems that I'm talking about are to do two things, save you time and allow you to, to have a better, more efficient, more productive work results to point out to you who's ready to talk. And that's all they're there for. You still have to pick up the phone. You still have to talk to people. You still have to work on your people skills, your communication skills. Um, the rest of it is frosting on the cake. So I don't want anybody listening right now, Matt, uh, especially newer agents or people who are struggling. Well, I can't succeed if I don't have all this technology. It's always the technology there is there to support the basics. You can do, I have taken a spreadsheet of names and phone numbers, had no idea what they looked at and have done prospecting that way and succeeded. So, I mean, it's, it's a tougher road to hope, but it's a great way to cut your teeth on how to communicate yep. with people. Yeah. So yes. don't, don't think that if I don't have all of these things, I'm not going to succeed. That's not true. The basics are always you connecting with your customer in a, in a meaningful way listening to what their story is and bringing value to them. 100%. That is one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> At the end of the day, these are just people. There's too many agents overcomplicated and they get paralysis by analysis. Well, what am I going to say? I, what would you say if you just called a stranger? Like talk to them. They are just people. They're not going to come through the phone and bite your head off, right? People get scared and they get call reluctance. Um, I mean, like you said, is that, I mean, I didn't have any of this technology when I started. And I, and this is not to brag, but just to show what's possible. If there, you're a new agent out there. When I started, I didn't have any money. Like listen to episode, the last episode we did, and you'll hear my story, like came from absolutely nothing and didn't have any money to buy leads. So I scrapped and clawed and fought my way through my very first year. I sold 74 homes. I didn't have any technology. Yep. Right. It, it was just a lot of hard work because you have real estate is a contact sport. You have to mm -hmm. get face to face with people. These technologies are not going to replace that. In my opinion, it never will. 
It is an additive to your business to help you become more efficient so that you can get face-to-face -face with more people. And when you are actually doing these actions, you're calling the right people and they are filtering through. So you're not wasting your time on the people that aren't raising their hand. Correct. And, and I love it when people say, I don't know what to say. You don't need to say, you need to be more worried about what to ask. Yep. Honestly. And when you start a call with someone that you don't know much about, and, and the, let me put a caveat here. My systems tell me a lot, but I tell my agents, don't assume anything. Don't operate unless they've said it themselves, right? Because my system tracks everything. <laughs> uh, unless they've said it themselves, no assumptions. And so it's more important to what you ask people versus what you think you need to say. Don't worry about overcoming objections. You know, the best way to overcome an objection is to acknowledge it and ask another question. And those other questions are, oh, tell me more or move on to the next question. Yeah, so um, if they give you a tough, sorry to interject there, but if they give you a no, tough question, please. the best way to handle that, if you don't know the answer is, you know what, Laura, that was a great question. I'll have to look into that and get back to you. What about this, this, and this? Mm -hmm. So you keep did, going. yeah, you just keep going. It's And sales is not about what you say. Sales is about yes. what you ask. It goes back to, everybody heard this when they were a kid. You have two ears and one mouth. But why do salespeople forget that, think they have 10 mouths and no ears, and they just have to talk, 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 talk. This conversation is not about you as an agent. If you think it is, if you think you're going to be that fast-talking salesperson, you're going to lose. It is That is well, not what works what, in the world anymore. What I've learned, Matt, too, about the, um, the reluctance to call, you, we, most people are worried about being that person that you just talked about, that pushy salesperson. Yes. Most agents don't want to be pushy. And so they don't make their calls or they don't make them often enough or enough calls. So seven to 12, seven to 12 contacts to convert a lead. Let's just start there. Most of you will call once, leave a voicemail. If they don't call you back, you don't call again. The best will call three. Okay. So seven to 12. The thing that, that people are afraid of is we're bothering people. I don't wanna be pushy or they'll call me if they need me. And, and here's the deal guys, there's more that you can offer a client, a customer than unlocking doors and writing contracts. They don't know what they don't know. You are in a position to be able to educate and help people. So you have value. You just got to figure out what that is. And I think too, we're worried about losing people. And I'll tell you what I told my agents this morning. You can't lose what you don't have. If you don't call, you're not going to have them as a client. If you call and they get upset, you haven't lost them. You didn't have them. And in two days, they won't be upset. <laughs> so find your value. You don't have to be a pushy salesman. You don't have to have some very uh, clever response <laughs> to people. Come from a place of, I want to know your story. I want to know where you are in the process. And come from that place and be you. You don't have to be a smooth talking, well-polished. You can develop your skills. Don't get me wrong. You do. There are skills you need to develop. 
but don't worry about being annoying. Our, all of our leads get 15 to 20 calls, or, or not all calls, texts, phone calls, within the first week that they do something um, significant. Well, go back to Very, go back to what we said earlier. Is they walked into your store, exactly. and so that sorry to interrupt you there, but that I wrote down like six things here. That's such gold, Laura. Is that what most people don't realize? And I say this to my team all the time: is we are not we are not salespeople. Our mission here is to help them. And so, anytime anybody, we don't talk about sales or how did we make that sale in our office. Anybody says that, we correct them. Our job is not to sell people. Our job is to help them. And we cannot help them if we can't talk to them. And so they came into our store. How can we help them and figure out why they came into our store and how we can help them and their family move forward? And so too many agents focus on, well, I don't want, well, if they don't want to talk to me, let, let me just, let me help you out here, agents. Let me be real for a second. If you got in this business to expect and expected people to pick up the phone and call you or walk into you in Starbucks while you have your name tag on and say, hey, I want to buy a house. You're in the wrong business. That's not how this works. You have to put in the time. You have to be able to have these correct conversations. And like Laura said, it's seven to 12 contacts on average. So there's some people you talk to 20. I, Lauren on my team, one of my top producers, she had to talk to somebody. She had called them every other week for two years, got hung up on three times, didn't give up and ended up selling them a house. And she gets referrals from that client today because she didn't give up. Like, you know, so it's, gonna... it's not all about, it's not all about, oh, well, they don't want to talk to me. They are saying that because they have sales skepticism, but they are in your store for a reason. And so you have to develop the skill sets to use what Laura said by asking great questions and realizing that you have value to give to them. Value unarticulated is value unappreciated. So if you as an agent cannot articulate your value properly, they don't appreciate it because they don't understand it. It is not their responsibility to understand. It is your responsibility to tell them. And so you need well, to figure out what your value proposition is and you need to develop a great language pattern around it so you can articulate it to all of your clients. Well, I'm going to say something here that's going to be counterintuitive. If you are not calling people, if you are giving up at the first sign that you think they don't want to talk to you, you're being selfish. 100% agree. It's coming from a nice place. I get it. I don't want to bother people. I don't want to be a pushy salesperson. And we view that as being selfish. But when you withhold, when you know you can help someone and you withhold that from them, you're being selfish. So don't, don't, don't shy away from being on the phone. And Matt, I tell you what I'll do, and I'm sure you can do it too. But if anybody wants a list of great questions, how to get a conversation kicked off. Um, I'll be happy to share what we do and the types of questions we ask. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, you guys feel free to reach out to Laura if that would be of value to you. Um, and uh, it's it's one of the things that we- it's, it's so much fun to make those calls when you come from that place. Cause you actually get to know them and they yeah. share. If you ask questions and let them talk and shut up and be comfortable with silence for a minute, They'll tell you their story. They'll, and you will be surprised at how many people, oh my gosh, we go to the same church or, oh my gosh, you know, yep. you'll just, they'll tell you the most amazing, incredible things. Some yeah, of them, the, the key is ask a great question and then shut up. Yeah. I see people, they get, so um, we have scripts too, and I'm sure ours are similar to yours, but it's, so we ask great questions, right? And, but where I see newer agents struggle is they will, 
they'll forget about building a relationship, number one, which relationship is way more important than the script. If you don't build mm-hmm. a relationship and rapport, you wasted your time. The script will not work without relationship and rapport. So that is number one. And so that's why I start with they're just people. But also, if you mm-hmm. ask the great questions while building a relationship and rapport, they will help you build a better relationship, right? And then don't be nervous and talk super, super fast, right? When you get nervous, you talk faster. And then also, mm-hmm. when you ask a great question and there's weird silence, that's a good thing. That means you asked a question that they're thinking about. And so I hate this analogy, but it's the only one I can come up with because it's, it reminds me of the fast talking salesperson. But when you ask a great question, the first person that talk talks loses. If you ask a great question and then you overpower them, you didn't give them a chance to answer. And it's people don't want to have a one-way conversation. Now you're just a normal salesperson. But if you ask a great question and you shut up and let them think and answer, now it's a two-way conversation. Because the more they talk in the conversation, the better the conversation went according to them and their perception matters. It absolutely does. And and I love it when I, I crack So an agent will ask a great question and then they answer it themselves. Happens all <laughs> and the time. what they're doing is they're looking at, oh, this is what they looked at online or this is what they're, they're assuming. Don't assume. Ask great questions. Be willing to be quiet. Um, the number one tip I will give you, if you want to improve your skill set on the phone, record yourself, record yourself and listen to yourself because you will hear how you sound. You will be able, you will be able to identify, am I talking too fast? Am I talking too slow? Am I letting them answer my questions? Am I talking over them? Those are things that you don't realize you're doing in a call. So record yourself, listen to yourself and you'll find places where you can improve. 100%. That's one of the things we implemented changing with this leverage that we're talking about. It's so funny that that was the topic that we went to is because we are in a huge transition for our team um, to use some more leverage in some of these tools. And one of the, the tools that we're using is um, allowing us to record calls. So every call that my air agents make are recorded. Some of my agents freaked out. Some of them were excited, but all of them will be excited in the end because what that allows us to do is help them become better and help them build their skill sets. Not only can they go back and listen. Yeah. They ping me. Hey, can you listen to this recording? How would you have done it differently? And so that gives me a chance to coach them and they love it. And also when you're on the road, you can't take notes, right? It's there. You can go back and, and gather the little details that you might've missed. That's, that's another one. You know how many agents I've had on my team that, and they still, I still struggle with this one. Maybe you can coach me through this one Um, is what, how do you get agents that are scared to make phone calls while they're on an hour drive time to showings? That's a great time to prospect. How do you get them over that? Well, I just don't, I can't see the notes or I can't see this. Um, What I've told them to do is get a list, put it in, in your phone as your list. So you can just go one call to the next whether you have a dialer, however that well, technology works, and then call them while you're driving. Your CRM <laughs> has the dialer capability yep. in the app. And so they can just pull the app up and go to town. Um, but so they're scared they won't be able been, to take notes. They won't be able to do this. That's that's what If I they're doing. recording it, they don't have to worry about that. Yep. My, that's the way my agents do it. Look, I have a rule. If it's not in the CRM, it didn't happen. And since we operate out of a pond... It has to be in the CRM. Uh, if you tell me you made a call and contacted that that lead, if that phone call is not in the CRM, I'm not going to give you the lead. So it seems rough, but 
I think one of the blessings that I have is newer agents, they don't know any better. So they do what I tell them to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, <laughs> but if you, if you've had a great conversation with the lead, I need to see that that call was actually made. And it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I don't want you to lose the lead. So that's number one. And number two, they have to change the stage. Those are the two things I have to see it. If it didn't, it's not in there. I'm not going to sign the lead. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th and for me, the reason that I'm, I'm, I'm so adamant about that with my agents is because when I was in the field, I was very, very busy as an agent. And so I had to maximize my time and my drive time is where I did my prospecting because what else are you going to do in the car? If I don't have clients exactly. with me and I'm in drive time, I'm on the phone. I'm building rapport. I'm, I'm having conversations with people. And it's just a huge opportunity that I feel like some agents are missing out on, in particular on my team, because they, they have that reluctance of, well, I don't remember what our last conversation was. I don't have the, I can't take notes. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Ask questions. <laughs> they don't remember. You think you don't remember your last conversation. They don't remember their last conversation with you. That is gold. So if you're asking questions and they start answering that that conversation is going to flow naturally. Um, we don't need to see what they're looking at. You can check that later, <laughs> right? And actually, I would say those conversations are probably better because you don't have all that information, so you don't get the chance to overthink. You're just talking with someone. Hundred percent. So, That's an opportunity so to build tell that relationship. Your team that Coach Laura said, download the app, implement the dialer. And start making your calls on the road. You can do it. It's if you're recording it, you'll gather all that information, and you can go back later and and put any additional notes. Colin, or, clip that out, buddy. We need to share that with the team. She even leaned forward. Are, she leaned forward to, to yell at me. You're missing business. <laughs> I love it. Oh, this is great. Um, all right, so I have a couple other quotes that I wrote down that. Um, that really that you said that really it sparked in my head. So um, you said that um, something that sparked, there's a, there's a saying that I have is, so we were talking about technology and leverage and all these tools. And, but you also, you pulled back and said, these tools are great, but without the human being, without getting face to face and building these relationships, the tools are worthless is basically what you said. I'm paraphrasing. And so it, it, there's a quote that, that I say all the time is the value is in the inefficiencies. And so what I mean by that is to get from point A to point B, yes, we can do things. So say, say we're going from A to C. Well, from A to B, we can use these tools, but the B to C, there has to be human being, there has to be relationships and there has, it can't be the most efficient because you can't build relationships on efficiencies and tools and auto techs and all of this. And so right. at the end of the day, we are in a relationship business. If you don't build relationships with your clients, with your team, with whoever it is you're working with, the rest of it doesn't matter because you're not going to be able to continue to grow and you're not, you're not going to be able to get that momentum to where now those people that you build relationships with, this is, this is one of the amazing things about what we accomplished this year is we had 400 clients, 400 families we were able to serve this year that reached out to us. Mm -hmm because of building the relationships, because not everything we do is the most efficient, because we realize we're in the human being business. We, we need to take care mm -hmm. of these people. And when you, you do that, sure, there's things that we can do in our business that would become more efficient, but we would miss that part. And that part is the right. most important to me, because at the end of the day in this business, we, what we are doing is we are able to help people the largest purchase or sale of their lives. And I feel like there's too many people in this industry that forget that. 
And mm-hmm. it's something that you have to make sure you keep in your values, in your team, in your culture, um, whatever it is that you're growing right now, if you're listening is because if you don't realize that and you think that these are just another number or you look at the dollar signs versus the people, um, your, your business is not going to explode or you're not going to build the momentum because people can see through that. You have to do You got to right think long term. And the other thing I'm going to tell you is the minute somebody invents, invents technology that can close a client, you're screwed. <laughs> so build it's always the basics it's always about you connecting with your customer in a meaningful way always the tech is there to save you time the tech is there to point out opportunities the tech is there to maybe warm things up a bit for you but it's you are the most important piece in whatever systems you're building you can't replace you you can replace you to a certain extent with other team members but you cannot replace that one-on-one relationship, uh, the connection, human being to human being. Couldn't agree more. And it's- the minute that happens, I'm not sure I want to stay in the business. Yeah, I agree. And so if 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 it wasn't for that, I mean, all these scares with all these big tech companies, all this stuff, the I buy and all that stuff, if relationships didn't matter, we would already be out of a job, right? <laughs> but because of relationships, because that is so important, I think it's even more crucial now today that we build even deeper relationships because there are people that, that want the quick, oh, I click a button and sell my house, right? But they miss the human connection, right? They miss the relationships. And so you they have to end up sure not making them. as much money on their sale either. Yeah, that's <laughs> a whole nother podcast. Yeah, there, <laughs> if it sounds too good to be true, it probably thing. is, yeah. <laughs> um, so you said, you said something, it's the fundamentals, it's the basics that win. And it's so funny that you said that because I wrote this down at the beginning as I wanted to get to this. I wanted to talk about the fundamentals of real estate. Too many people, we're talking about leverage, we're talking about technology, the next best thing. And you and I both believe in being innovative, right? And finding the next Mm -hmm. tool to continue to grow. But at the end of the day, what we always come back to is it's the fundamentals that win championships, right? And so whether you use sports analogy, any team of any sort, the fundamentals is what wins. And so too many people stop focusing on the fundamentals. Um, So Laura, I don't know if you're aware or not, but I'm actually now um, a coach myself um, through Cheplak Select Coaching. Um, And so it's it's been a phenomenal ride. And so what I've realized though, is that there have been people that I'm talking to that have businesses similar to mine or their, their volume is more because they're a higher price point. And at first I had the imposter syndrome. Like, I'm like, oh my, what am I going to teach these people? Right. But what I've come to realize is that too many people get focused on other things other than the fundamentals. And when I'm co- having a coaching conversation, I just pull them back to the basics because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the basics, the fundamentals is what wins. And so don't fall, if you're an agent listening, don't fall for the shiny object syndrome. Don't think that the tech is going to replace you as a human. Tech is there to be an addition to your business, not replace the relationship and the human element. And so, and always focus on the fundamentals because mm-hmm. fundamentals win every single time. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we're about out of time. Um, Colin, did we miss anything, buddy, that we needed to cover? I just looked up oh, and realized that- it's been an hour, so. I know <laughs> it went by. Lots of- dude when we get together it could be two three hours yeah 100 <laughs> percent. lots of great content Laura if someone's looking to coach with you and uh, uh, level up their real estate uh, business uh, how can they get in contact with you they can call my cell phone I can't believe I'm going to put it out there but I will uh 618-363-2000 
2452. And um, they can email me. My last name's hard to spell. Um, but it's combrankl at gmail.com. You want me to drop it in the chat, Colin? Yeah, perfect. Yes. And uh, for everyone listening, I'll drop that in the show notes and the description as well so that you guys can have easy access and level up your coaching game. Thank you so much. Absolutely, guys. And um, Laura is a guest on this show for a reason. She's got her stuff together. Um, I highly recommend her. We coach with her for years. Um, and she is a big part of what has helped our team uh, be propelled to number 15 in the nation. So highly recommend you reach out to her. She's um, There's something that she can do to help you no matter where you're at in your business. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Laura. Appreciate ha- appreciate thanks, you being on the guys. show. It's great chatting with you. And uh, we'll, we'll have to do another one. I'm sure there's more we can talk about. Oh, we could go for hours, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks Laura. for having me, guys. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. If you found this episode valuable, if you found anything in this episode useful, please share this with your friends. All or Nothing in Real Estate is a passion project of mine. This business has done so much for me and my family. This is my way to give back. So if you found value, share this with others. I believe in contribution. Contribution always wins. And so All or Nothing in Real Estate is a community of contribution as a way to give back to others. So if you found value, please share this with your friends. On top of that, I am also a real estate coach with Cheplak Select Coaching. And so if you're interested in having a coaching consultation with me, um, please follow the link below, fill out the short questionnaire. I would love to set up a discovery call with you to see if we would be a good fit. And above and beyond that, All or Nothing Real Estate is not just a podcast. It is a movement. It is a community of contribution that is single-handedly designed to help change the real estate in a positive direction. So make sure you're following us on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following us on all social platforms. And most importantly, make sure that you request to join All or Nothing in Real Estate private group. That is a private group that we keep exclusive content in. We do it in a private group setting so we can control what happens in there to make sure it remains a community of contribution but a lot, a lot of in-depth stuff. I go live there. There's a lot of great content there for free. So please make sure you join that group as well. Um, and again, guys, thank you so much for listening. And if this, you found this of value, please share it with your friends. It is my goal to give back and contribute and share and make this industry better for all of us. Thanks again.